Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. All right, kids. So this is going to be a fun one. You know, I get a lot of people trying to get on a show um, for various different reasons, but it's always fun when a somebody I, I know really well invites somebody and says we should have the conversation. So this should be a fun one. We'll see if I can make fun of her a little bit as we go through this and just laugh and joke and see what all turns up. So I'm bringing on Miss Rachel Richards. Rachel, welcome to the show, my dear. Please tell us your story. Hey, thanks, Donnie. So I, I'm a lot of things. So I'll try to make it succinct. I'm a former financial advisor. I'm a best-selling author of two books. Does that mean like recovering financial advisors? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> um, I have two books on financial literacy. I'm a real estate investor with almost 40 rental units. Nice. And then what people probably find the most interesting about me is that last year at age 27, I quit my job and retired, and I'm now living off over $15,000 per month in passive income. Very cool. Very Next. cool. Um where's all this come from i mean were you like this star smart kid in school or or you know was this something you just had a desire to figure out so yes i always have been a type a perfectionist control freak that is me to a t <laughs> but i i started reading a lot of books in middle school and high school about finance and real estate investing i think i read rich dad poor dad in high school right and that was my first taste of real estate investing so it's something i always knew i wanted to do I didn't get started though until 2017. My husband and I were both working full time, but we decided to go ahead and start investing in real estate. So we bought our first duplex. And then later that year, I launched my first best selling book, Money Honey. So we had these two passive income streams, <laughs> um, rental income and royalty income. And we just focused on growing those as much as we possibly could over the next few years. So we were able to scale quickly. We now have four or five passive income streams, but those two are the biggest ones. Okay. All right. So we were going to play the passive income game. That's fun. So yeah. real estate, why was real estate the first go-to? Because I think at the time I didn't, I didn't know of any other ways to create passive income. I thought that was the only way you could achieve financial independence. And I love it. I mean, it has such great benefits. You have the equity buildup because your tenants are paying your mortgage for you over time. You have the cash flow or the passive income. You have the tax benefits. And then you have appreciation, potentially appreciation. So I, I still do think it's one of the best tools for building long-term wealth. But I now realize that there are tons of other ways you can create passive income and retire early. Right, right. So let me ask you bought your first duplex and then retired because you just made so much money off of that one investment that it just worked out and everything was awesome. Yeah, well, I wish that would have been great. <laughs> now, I do get a lot of questions. People are like, well, are you a trust fund baby? Where'd you all, all your money come from? Dude, anytime you find any sort of success, people always want to think that it was handed to you. 
Yeah, right. And so, no, I'm not a trust fund baby. Um, I've actually never made six figures in my life from a career or a job. I just was very frugal and trying to make good money decisions from a young age. So even my first job out of college, I was making, I think, $32,000. And I was still finding a way to save 50% of my income. So so have you ahead. read the book Millionaire Next Door? Oh my gosh, it's one of my favorites. It's like <laughs> okay. right up here on my bookshelf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So yeah, my, that's what my husband and I did. We, we just had our own savings and we were investing in Louisville, Kentucky. It's a pretty reasonable cost of living, reasonable housing prices. So our first duplex cost a hundred grand. We each put $10,000 in of our own money to get to our down payment. And then we were able to scale quickly over the next couple of years. We actually acquired six buildings within two years. And it was, I think it's like 38 or 39 doors total. So you were leveraging the first investment to get you the capital to do the rest. So actually we didn't have to leverage, we didn't have to like pull out equity or anything from that first one, but we had a couple of things going for us. First, we were still saving at a pretty high rate. Second, we were reinvesting all of our cash flow. So we were saving all that for the next down payment. But number three, what really made the big difference is that I had my real estate license. And I didn't have, I wasn't like an agent where I was helping people buy and sell houses. I only had it for my own investment purposes. But basically, we would deplete our savings every time we'd buy a property. But then I would immediately get a commission check back for right. thousands of dollars as the buyer's agent. And that really kickstarted our savings for the next one. Very cool. Very smart. So, what does a 27 year old do now that? That she's living off passive income. I can't believe you're sitting on your thumbs doing nothing. I'm definitely not doing nothing. A lot of people <laughs> are like, well, Rachel, you're not retired. You're still working. <laughs> I, I use the words retired and financially. It's a good catchphrase. It's a good catchphrase. Yeah, it is. Um, but really retirement to me just means having the freedom to work when, where, and if I want. And I think a lot of people make the mistake of trying to get away from their nine to five and trying to quit their job without really having an idea of what they're working towards. You know, if you retire, how are you going to spend your time? Because you still have a lot of time to spend. So in my case, I'm still very, very passionate about teaching young people about financial literacy. So I'm still working on my books. I have my courses. I stay pretty busy. I'm actually a workaholic, so I should probably work a little bit less in, in <laughs> retirement in quotes. <laughs> right. So when you say young people, what age are you talking about? Gen Z and millennials. What the hell age group is that? I am a country boy <laughs> from Texas. I don't know what the millennials is such a vague definition of people. So, so what age range? I, um, I would say like 16 to 38 is my main age range. Mostly, cool. most of the people in their twenties and thirties though. Cool. So are you all self-taught then or? Well, I have a financial economics degree and then okay. I did, I was a financial advisor. So I had my series seven and 66. Being a financial advisor doesn't mean anything. They don't teach you yeah. shit. Well, right? you're right. It's all theory. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> but I, I honestly feel like my, the biggest piece of my education was all the reading that I did. I mean, I okay. read so many books and that's how I learn. So here's what I want from you is I want you to go heavy back into the schools because you may have, may or not of, you know, growing up through school, nobody says shit to you about finances. Your parents yeah. don't know, you know, the, the schools don't know because they're all broke as fuck. So, <laughs> you know, uh, well, you know, teachers don't make shit in this day and age. Um, so, yeah. well, they've never made money, not even in this day and age, they've never made money. So somebody needs to go in there and start educating these kids. I mean, uh, hell, I go back to my mom when she graduated school. She didn't even know how to, you know, write a check. 
Yeah, I didn't either when I graduated. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're right, Donnie. We're in a financial education crisis. At no point in our lives are we taught how to manage our money. And then we're left as young adults to fumble around and try to figure it out all on our own. So no wonder so many of my friends and so many like younger people I know have such intense feelings of like guilt and shame and embarrassment when it comes to their money. It's unfortunate and it's the reason I'm as passionate as I am because somebody needs to give people the resources to succeed. Well, and money's one of those subjects that is taboo to talk about is like sex or drugs or, you know, and yeah. people just don't talk about it. So um, I think most people know they need help. They want help but they're so embarrassed they won't come to the table to say hey can somebody teach me and by god if i sign up for a class somebody else might see me there you know so yeah. so it's a it's a really really wild place so i know you got books what else are you doing to reach these younger generations to to lift them up um, I just launched my first online course this year. It's called cool. Get Your Financial Shit Together. So ah, see, you're <laughs> a lot my of kind fun. of people. You're yeah, my kind it's of a people. good time. <laughs> so that's the main thing. I've, I thought about doing like a mastermind for women or group coaching, but I might look into that next year. Okay. Okay. And and what do, what what's your course going to entail? So it's an eight week online course and it kind of follows the curriculum in Money Honey. And here's the reason why. Here's what I found. Anyone can read a book, Right. But the knowledge doesn't mean anything unless you're implementing it, right? 100%. We, I mean, we all have the, we all know to eat healthy and exercise more and spend less money and pay off our debt. So why aren't we doing it? It's because the execution is actually the really hard part. That's what we all struggle with. So I figured, you know, if somebody could take my book, they could implement it for sure. But for those of us that need accountability or structure, that's why I wanted to create the course is to really give them the environment they need to actually implement what they're learning. So- and I, and I love that. So, but, but for most people, when you talk about what they need to do to get financially balanced, safe to a place where they can actually start doing shit, mm -hmm. it's boring as fuck, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's all the boring shit. So how do you take the boredom out of it and teach people how to, to take care of them themselves? I, well, in my book, for example, I mean, I use memes, I use hashtags and funny phrases and jokes, and I tell stories. So I do a ton of stuff. And I have gotten the feedback so many times before that reading Money Honey is like sitting down with a good friend over coffee and just talking about finance. How the hell did you name way. this book? How did, I, it's, just, it's a funny <laughs> well, name. I'll tell sticks. you. All right. Rich bitch was already taken. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. I came up with Money Honey. <laughs> Fair. I love that honesty. Oh, Lord. All right. So, yeah. man, is it, is it weird seeing like your high school friends, your college friends, knowing you put in the time, the work, the effort um, to get here, and now you're bumped up against them and see that they're not maybe hitting their goals and things in life? Yeah, it's weird. I actually was self-conscious about it at first when I first quit my job. And I was like, what am I going to say to people when they ask what I do? What I do yeah. And I had so much trouble at first even saying best-selling author. I don't know why. I just could. I was like, I guess I write books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I think I had this weird fear of what people were going to think of me or that I was crazy to walk away from a really lucrative corporate finance career. But in reality, everyone I know has been like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Like everyone's super supportive. So it's been great so far. Well, you know, I watched an episode with Madonna and it was like her biography. 
And it was really, really interesting. There's a scene in there where there's a gal that before she was Madonna, that she lived with in this really shitty, you know, not hotel, but apartment complex. And these two were both performing on stages and everything else. Well, Madonna put in the work, put in the time, fucking got after it, and she became Madonna. (laughs) This other gal, we'll just say didn't. Um, And so in this biography, they literally bring this gal to one of madonna's concerts and you can see this gal is like oh my god i, I you know i know her we've been friends and you and, and i don't want to speak bad about the lady but you obviously know she didn't do shit with her life right yes. and here's madonna crushing it and they tell madonna after the concert's over hey we brought so-and-so there and it almost takes her a second to register who that person is mm. right yeah. and then they put them in the room and you can tell this gal that didn't do shit with her life this was like the greatest moment with seeing her old friend and you almost felt like she was hoping to win by some sort of osmosis by just being around Madonna, that her life would be fixed, save everything else. Yes. So I'm curious as you go through that, I mean, we've all got the support of people, but I like showing the ugly side of it as well. Oh, yeah. How many of your friends come up to you and are like, you just lucked out or, or this has just been a windfall type thing? I wouldn't say my friends say that, but random people on the internet do all the time. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I already said they, everyone thinks I'm a trust fund baby, but I'm not. Or they'll say, um, yeah, I mean, they'll say like, oh, you lucked out or you must've had some money from somewhere, someone to help you. And I didn't, like I grew up in a really wealthy County, but my family didn't have that kind of money growing up. So people in my high school, when they turned 16, they were getting brand new BMWs. And I didn't get my own car until I was like 22 years old and I bought myself a used car. So it was, it was weird growing up in an environment, you know, my family wasn't going on vacations, let alone going out to eat at restaurants. So I always felt the comparison kind of from the other end of feeling like, oh man, I don't have enough. I don't have a lot. And that created a lot of fears in me. I grew up with these limiting beliefs of like money is scarce. You're never going to have enough money. And we curse money because there's never enough of it. And so I had to, I basically used that fear as a motivator because I, I think fear can either paralyze you or motivate you. And I'm fortunate that it somehow motivated me to kick ass and do a bunch of stuff and kind of become the person that I am today. But I think those fears are still with me subconsciously, still a work in progress. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long journey of kind of trying to do the opposite of what everyone else does, I right. guess. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's ever about overcoming the fear. It's really about who you become as you go through it. It's an evolutionary thing. It's not, you know, okay, I'm done with that fear. It's never going to pop back up in my life. I'm just going to move on for that. No, it's just about going through it and and evolving. Yeah. And then also just learning to not let those haters get to you because you're always going to have haters, especially when you start to build a platform and and have some success. That's when they will come out for you. And I find it so interesting. They say never to look at your book reviews. It's good advice because you know what our minds will do is we'll believe the one bad review Mm -hmm. over the 600 five-star reviews for whatever reason. So it's just kind of learning to ignore those people and and just move on. I I remember the uh, early on, I got told the same advice and I got a three-star review, but they didn't write anything. And I remember for the day, I was like, 
well, fucking at least tell me what I could have done better. I mean, at least let me learn from it. Don't just put a damn star. So I my know. Wife, it, it, it'll drive you up a damn wall. Do you want to hear the funniest one star review I ever got? Oh, please. I like screenshot of this. I should print it out and put it somewhere because it cracks me up so much. But someone said, <laughs> someone said, if if I was in a room with this book and Hitler and Stalin and I had a gun with two bullets, I would shoot Hitler and Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> or this bug. I forget right, how they right, put it. Right, yeah. right, right. Instead of Hitler. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that is <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, creative. Yeah. So good for them. <laughs> you know, the mere fact that they took that much time out of the day to get up with that creative of a freaking review, kudos to them, man. I know, I know. Um, I love that like, one. <laughs> you know, it was like the other day I put out a post and I, because one of the running jokes of a lot of my fans, if you follow my content, I misspell shit. I, I don't do grammar and I don't care. Right. That's yeah. just always been part of my brand. And so I put out this post that says my grammar's correct. Assume I've been, been hacked. And, you know, and I talked about all the hell I catch for, you know, misspelling and everything else. Yeah. And sure as shit, within two minutes, me putting out this post, I get this DM that says, you know, if you would take the time to, thoroughly write out your post and put real content and blah, 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 you would reach more people. And I mm -hmm. said, and I, my reply was the mere fact you took this long and this much thought process to write this to me means this is about more about you than it is about me, but thanks yeah. for the input. Yeah. It's nuts. It's so yeah. weird. But, and I think most of those hater things come, it, it's people's own self doubts, right? It's their yeah. own shit coming to the surface. And I think oftentimes they're mad at themselves that they didn't put in the work and do the things that you've done to accomplish what you've accomplished up to this point. Yeah. And I think a lot of people look at someone's success after they've put in work for five or 10 years and think, oh man, like that person has so much success. It was so easy, but they don't realize the years and years of work mm -hmm. that led into that success. Right. So You're it's an overnight hard. success with five years of practice, 10 years of practice. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't compare yourself now to someone else's like 10 year success story. Mm -hmm. You're not being fair to yourself at all. Totally. Totally. So teach me finances. If I'm a green buck rookie trying to figure out how to manage my money, um, and I make $32,000 a year. I love a God. That would be scary to go back there again. But I know. <laughs> what would be my moves? What would be my steps? What would be my journey? Been wanting to change things up a little bit on how we talk about our sponsors and the people who help make this show great. So this is going to be a little bit different style of commercial. Family Fund has been supporting families of first responders for a number of years. And it all started as a idea of Stacy and Michael McGovern, who are the founders of Blue Family Fund. And it's a really unique story, but in lieu, instead of me telling you, hear it in Stacy's words of why they started Blue Family Fund. Because I wanted to give back, I wanted to do more. You know, we'd been so successful in our for-profit business that um, we looked at each other and we said, you know, how can we, how can we pay this forward? My husband and I, how, you know, how can we pay it back, pay it forward? My grandfather, when I was growing up, always used to tell me, you know, in life, you get what you give. And um, I'm a big believer in that. You know, what you put out there, you can sometimes get back threefold. So we really just wanted to do more. We were already helping police officers, you know, with off-duty work. 
So how can we help the families? You know, as a family of a police officer, I understand that it's just as hard on the family as it is the actual officer. How could we do more for them um, by providing maybe scholarships for their dependents or financial aid for the dependents that want to uh, pursue higher education? Stacy is one of the most humble people I know. Uh, their company, Point Blank Safety Services, has employed 200 off-duty police officers for, for several years and success on protecting the freeways, the highways, and everything else has done just amazing things, not only for the state of Texas, but for the lives of the family officers that need additional income as they protect our lives. So for the fact that her and Michael would set up this fund to help the families in times of need, it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. Blue Family Fund is focused on first responders and their families. And recently, Stacy and Michael were able to give a small check to a the family of a fallen police officer. He was a, a husband and a dad. And very touching uh, moment as I watch the video and presentation of the check and you know I, I wanted to hear from Stacy what it meant to her to be able to do that for that family it's amazing um, the feel I can't I can't even describe the feeling and then you know when you know I don't feel like it's that much money but then when you hand it to them and they they um, break down crying because it's just enough to maybe get them over the next hurdle or obstacle that they've got going on um, it's it's really a great feeling just to be able to to do that and the, the family you're talking about both daughters are actually also firefighters so they're both first responders as well um, so just a total first responder family and um, just to be able to give back to them and, and let them know that there are people that that are gonna remember their dad and their husband and there are people that care it's it's a really great feeling One of the things that I think is magical behind the Family Fund is because of the success of Point Blank Safety Services, Stacy and Michael have set up Blue Family Fund to where 100% of the donations go back to the families of first responders. How we're different than maybe some other charities, how we pay all the bills for the, the nonprofit ourselves. So every single dollar donated can actually go directly to a family. So literally 100% of all donations are um, handed forward, you know, to to either a scholarship or to a, a financial aid for a family that has lost a first responder. Blue Family Fund has been my charity of choice for a number of years now, and it's truly an amazing organization. So if you're a fan of the show, and you like the content we put out there, do me a favor, head over to bluefamilyfund.org and send a little financial love their way. I would say the very first thing to do is to start tracking your expenses. And I know that sounds very tedious and boring when you talk about budgeting, but I love this quote by Dave Ramsey. He said, a budget is simply telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went.
<laughs> I love that quote. It that's just makes great. so much yeah. sense. Yeah. So really just tracking your expenses. Once you start doing that, it'll be really obvious where to cut back. And I still remember the first month my husband and I did this, and this is super embarrassing, Donnie. I feel like I shouldn't admit this, but <laughs> the first month we tracked our expenses, we realized we were spending close to $1,000 a month just on groceries. Oh, dude. So I, I got one just with you. My wife and I did this for a solid year. And we were like twenty to thirty thousand dollars on groceries and eating out, right? So it was combined. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And it's yeah. not like we were eating, you know, filet mignons every freaking night, which is right. every day. Right. It's just like normal food, but it adds up so quickly. We were like, how are we spending this much just on groceries? I mean, that's more than some people's mortgage payment or rent payment. Yes. Yes. So yeah, once you start doing that and you really see where your money's going, it'll be very clear where you can cut back and you'll be motivated to put a budget into place from there. No, I like that. With awareness comes knowledge, right? So, yeah. um, which is, which is always cool, but it's it's the ugly side of figuring it all out so did you start off with like an excel spreadsheet do you use a program or i've used a couple of things i use mint mint is free yep. it's like a free financial tracking tool you can link all of your accounts and it makes it very easy to categorize and see where your money's going um, another one that a lot of my readers use but i haven't personally tried it is ynab which is you need a budget everyone swears by that app they say okay. it's a long learning curve, but once you get it down, they say it's life-changing. Yeah. Um, but I've already told you that I'm a control freak and perfectionist. So of course I have my own uh, like Excel spreadsheet that Same. I track every Same. few days yeah, with columns and rows and all this stuff. And that's how I like to look at it. So when, when and I will, we'll come back to this because I want to go, but the thought just popped in my head. Was this a mutual thought process between you and your husband? Or was this like, hey, we're going to both figure this out together? Or did your, because usually in a relationship, right? You have the type A and then you have the quiet person. So I'm assuming <laughs> your husband's a quiet person. Um, was this you bulldogging him saying, hey, we're going to do this? How did that conversation come about? That's so funny. Um, no, I luckily didn't have to like bulldoze him or anything, but you know, he, I, it was important to me to find a partner that was ambitious and had the same sort of entrepreneurial values that I did. And Andrew's definitely that way. I came into the relationship having a lot of knowledge about real estate investing. So all it took was me kind of opening his eyes to that world for him to be like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Let's do it. Nice. And then kind of from there, we, we, we figured it out together. He's so he been said my yes, biggest... ma'am a lot. He did. Yeah. And he still does. <laughs> he still does. <laughs> Good man. He's a smart dude. Yeah. He also but, tells me that I'm right a lot, which I try not to let go to my head, but he's like, I feel like I say this too much, too often. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so, okay. Guy. So we get mint, we do our Excel spreadsheet, this, you need a budget app, whatever. Um, and we start getting shit figured out, right? Yeah. What's next? What's next is Okay, so I teach in workshops a lot. I'll ask people, if you're trying to save a lot of money in a short amount of time, what sorts of things do you do? And people will say, I'll eat out less. I, I won't shop anymore or you know, I'll make my coffee at home. So those are all great responses, but I noticed this common theme over time, which is that we're all focused on decreasing our expenses. Now, of course that's important. We have to live within our means and watch our costs, but it's also limited, right? You can't just stop buying food or stop paying for your mortgage payment. So there's a limit to how much you can decrease your expenses. So I always tell people, if you really wanna make an impact with your budget, you will do two things. You will decrease your expenses and increase your income. 
And the beautiful thing about increasing your income is that there's no cap on how much money you can make in a year. There's nothing stopping you from making more money. And the second beautiful thing about increasing your income is that you don't have to reduce your quality of life. You know, normally if you're decreasing your expenses, that can be really restrictive. Maybe you have to stop going out for dinner and drinks with friends or stop doing the fun things that you like to do. But if you can focus more so on increasing your, your income, then you can retain the same quality of life and still save a ton of money. So that's what I always tell people to do. Yeah. But so how does somebody who's making $32,000 a year, maybe they're, they're working a warehouse job. I don't know what $32,000 a year looks like, but you know, making that kind of money, how do they increase their income? You know, are they so, starting a business? Are they, are they getting a second job? There's two categories of income. There's active income. That's where you trade your, your time or your hours for money. And that's easier to do because anyone can go out and get a second job or a part-time job or sell their stuff on Facebook marketplace or sell their old clothes on Poshmark. Those are easy things to, you know, mow lawns, babysit, whatever. So you can do that. I think that's easy for anybody. Or you can also focus on creating passive income. And passive income is what I love. It's basically money that is earned with little to no ongoing work. Now it's definitely no get rich quick scheme, okay? It does take time or money to create passive income, but once you have it going, it becomes a lot more hands-off. And the epiphany I had a few years ago is that once your passive income exceeds your living expenses, you're retired, you're financially independent. And to me, creating passive income, creating five grand a month in passive income is a lot easier than trying to save like $2 million by age 65 in order to retire. So that's yeah. what I always do. Now, I love that a friend of mine, Stacy McGovern, who was on the show, she always put it this way, work until your bills no longer matter. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a really good way to, to, to put it. And it's one of those ones I've just kept in my back pocket because that's it. I mean, is, is that to me is freedom. Yeah. You know, and now you can choose what you want to do with your life. And I love the idea of doing it with the, from the passive side of things. So, but you and your husband, I'm just going to play devil's advocate just because it's <laughs> fun for me. You and your husband had a pool of savings account of 10 grand each, <laughs> put this into a business. I'm flipping burgers at McDonald's making $32,000 a year, which I hope, I don't know what they make, but you know, $32,000 a year. Yeah. I don't have $10,000 to buy a house. Yeah. What else can I do? You know, you can either stay in that job and find other income streams, whether it's active income or passive income, or you can work towards, you know, a promotion, getting a raise, getting a more lucrative career. You know, I'm not someone that will say everyone needs to leave their career and everyone needs to leave their nine to five because it can do a lot of great things for people. Some people are passionate about their careers and they want to stay in them. Some people like me, like I don't want to someone to tell me when I should be working and where I should right. be working from. Like I want to be my own boss, but still a career can be a great way to financially get you to where you want to go. So, you know, I stayed in my career for longer than I had to because then I was able to bank a lot of money in a savings account and or, you know, use that job and create passive income on the side. So I think there's a lot of options, you know, active income, passive income, going for a raise, just really trying to leverage what you have, whether it's time or money, you can leverage one of those to create additional income. And for the love of God, do it sooner than later. Um, yeah. Because as you know, I was 40 years old before I started my own company. And so, you know, when you do things later in life, you got a hell of a lot more responsibilities. You know, yes. you've got houses and cars and land, in my case, a farm, you know, and all these other things that you were responsible for that, that when you're young, you can fuck up a lot more things and recover 
a lot easier the later you get in life. So do it sooner than later. Yeah. And when you're young, that's the time to sacrifice. I mean, I was living like a monk when I was graduating from college because I wasn't going out to eat. I wasn't doing anything because I was trying to save so much money. And I wouldn't want to do that now. I mean, it was easier for me to do when I was younger. It was easier for me to make those kind of sacrifices when I only had to look out for myself. Right. So I think right. it's the earlier you can start, the better. So David Bach, Automatic Millionaire. Oh, I read, haven't read that one. It's oh, on dude, list. great book. Great book. Yeah, I need to read um, it. Uh, he's got a whole thing in there on the latte factor. Totally, totally recommend that. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Ramit Sethi? Oh, yeah, he's great. I will teach you to be rich. Yeah. I yep, actually recommend his book in my book. Do you? Because um, I he just has such great like money hacks. I don't yes. know what else to call them. Like, here's how you can get yourself out of a fee and negotiate your rate on this. So, I, yeah, yes. I think he's great. Yeah, talking to your banks and everything yeah. else. Um, Gosh, there's one more. Have you read um, uh, The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco? Ooh, no, that's a new oh, one. It's so good. It's one yeah. of my favorites. Um, and then one more is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz, who oh, I've had on know, the show. Oh, you know, someone just told me about that book. Oh, uh, brilliant. So if you're running a business, yeah, I can't recommend that book enough because it'll set your business finances up. I mean, you could do it for your personal finances as well, but it's really bet. bet set for your business and it's all about paying yourself first in a very unique and you'll love it calculated strategy that. that gets your taxes and everything taken care of it's and, and mike's a damn good guy i've had him on the show a couple of times we featured cool. him in our magazine as well that's um, awesome i just wrote down all of those books so i can add them to my never-ending <laughs> well, wish list just my vice and, and <laughs> one of the things i want the listeners to hear is we both just went through a bunch of series of books that we've read um, um you're a badass at making money jensen chero mm, yeah yeah. Right. But so we both just talk about a whole bunch of books that we've read on money. And, you know, it goes back to if you're not studying things that you absolutely suck at, and I'm not saying turn into a strength, I'm saying turn into a knowledge. Like if your health is shitty, go study health. If your yeah. money sucks, go study money um, and, and spend time. How often do you read? Oh, every day. For sure. And I, I mean, I like to read fiction too. So I'll go right. back and forth because I can get through a fiction book a lot faster. <laughs> what kind of fiction? Um, mystery, thriller. Um, one of my favorites was Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. Oh, right on. Right Brilliant. On. And of course, Harry Potter. <sighs> look, look, look. I actually have the Deathly Hollows tattooed on my forearm. No, oh my yeah, gosh. I can't hardly see it. I can't see it. Ah. That's amazing. But yeah, so I got uh, the Phoenix and the Deathly Hollows on, on my forearm. Oh my God. I love it. I have don't have you, a tattoo, but if I get one, maybe it'll be yeah, Harry Potter themed. <laughs> right. Have you been to uh, Disney world universal studios and all that yet? Yes. So oh. funny story. We, so I was going down to Florida to do, to deliver a speech, a keynote speech for their students about financial literacy. And it fell on our one year wedding anniversary. Oh, nice. So I was like, well, Andrew, why don't you come with me? And at least we'll be together. Um, and we didn't plan on going to Universal Studios, but we were like driving to our hotel when we arrived and we saw the sign and we were like, is it, how close is this? Like, is it still open? So we looked it up, it was 15 minutes away. So we just turned the car around and went into Universal Studios <laughs> and had like the time of our lives. It's like Christmas for adults. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I had no idea it could be that fun. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I might've spent way too much money on wands and things and everything else. Yeah. Well, we got the fast pass because we didn't no, have a course. lot of time. So we of spent course. probably like $600 <laughs> just for that. <laughs> right, right, right. So I, this, this is fascinating because as young as you are, I'm sure you get this shit all the time. You know, you seem to got your shit together, which is good. And I love seeing it in the, in the younger generation. 
what are you going to do with all this? I mean, I know you're going back and you're teaching these young entitled to come up and, and do their finances, but how are you really going to change the world with all this craziness? Yeah. And that's a great question. Something I always think about um, because now I, I just have to be careful too to protect my mental health these days because I've gone through periods as an entrepreneur where I took on way too much. I was mm. burnt out. I was totally anxious. So my priorities and my values are number one, health, number two, family, and number three, freedom. And then everything else comes after that. So I have to think about my life in a very clear way to make sure I'm prioritizing the right things and looking out for the most important things first and hopefully continuing to make a large impact on people. You know, one thing I've learned is that I get a lot of requests. I'm sure you do too. People mm -hmm. email me all the time. They want financial help, blah, blah, blah. I used to try to respond to every single one. And I had guilt if I didn't. I was like, well, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. So I need to answer these questions. But then I realized, well, am I really going to be making a big impact if I'm responding one-on-one -on -one to people all day versus maybe writing the next best-selling book or the next online course that could really change thousands of people's lives? So I've had to really start protecting my time more and getting over the guilt that I feel at maybe not responding to like an individual person's request because you just realistically can't do that all the time. Well, you know, an interesting thing that uh, one of my mentors told me, he said, triage your outreaches or the people who outreach you. And so what we started doing is combining all the similar themed asks and putting out content specifically to those. Mm. So you go through and you read all the emails and everything comes through and you start categorizing. Okay. Yeah. These people are definitely fucking desperate. We got to get something to them now. Let's <laughs> move on them. These people just need advice and help. What are they asking? Okay. Let's answer those questions. Yeah. Uh, and you literally just like a military triage, you start triaging the reach outs and it makes it more conceivable in your head to manage it all. Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, even just creating a one page top 10 questions I get asked mm -hmm. and then I can just send that out. If, if I get well, a question. And, What's fun about that is I don't know what you do when you finish any podcast interview, but if you have that, now you can go total marketing route and go, hey, you know, as a gift for being on Donnie's show, if you'll text this number, I will send you my top 10 list of blah, 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 blah. Yes, right. exactly. So, um, uh, and now you're, you're helping them out and gaining some value uh, in return. Mm -hmm. What social media platforms are you playing on? I'm on Facebook and Instagram. And so- Wow, you're funny, young to be on Facebook. I know. <laughs> that was the first thing I got on in like 2007, I think. But okay. I went viral on TikTok recently, um, unintended. I, I started doing videos on TikTok literally just for my sisters to send them funny shit that me and my husband did. <laughs> and then I did this stupid makeup video where I was like, I don't know how to put makeup on any. I'm like not even wearing makeup today because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and it went viral. It has almost like 3 million views. Oh, geez. So my TikTok is viral for makeup. And I have, it took me three years on Instagram to get 3,000 followers. <laughs> right. And just in the last two months on TikTok, I have 19,000 followers. That's so, insane. <laughs> so yeah, I'm on TikTok. I don't know what I'm doing there, but I am there. Well, that's, I'm, I'm going to do a makeup video now because I've got like 1,300 yeah. followers on TikTok. So, you know, that's it. I'm <laughs> you doing can it. duet me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, I yeah. still don't know what the hell I'm doing on TikTok. We keep putting yeah. out videos and content, but <laughs> LinkedIn is, is by far our better platform. I mean, we're on Facebook too, but LinkedIn does a yeah, lot Yeah, everyone says I'm missing out by not being on LinkedIn. So I, th I need to rethink my social media strategy. Well, for, for me, it's a really unique uh, platform because 
it's similar in nature to Facebook, mm-hmm. but you've got to put a business spin on it. Yeah. So I may put a post on Facebook that says, hey, people make fun of my grammar and leave it at that. On LinkedIn, I'll put people make fun of my grammar and this is why I do it and put some sort of business mm. spin on there, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's the same as a Facebook. You just got to tweak it so it has a business output on the back end. Hmm, that's um, cool. Yeah, but it's, it's I'm pretty fascinated with it at the moment um, because I think more, more and more people are going on there. But yeah. LinkedIn's also that platform that people are guilted into. Yeah, true. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's that platform. Okay, you've got a job. Now go get a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. You know. Surprise being an FA, a financial advisor, you didn't have one. Well, I do have a profile. I just don't do don't anything do on it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've posted a couple articles here and there, but yeah, I'm thinking maybe for 2021, I'll start looking at like TikTok, Pinterest, and LinkedIn strategy. Ooh, Pinterest is big for me. I, but yeah. now I have a team that takes care of Pinterest. I don't open Pinterest because I don't want to eat salad out of a jar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, right. <laughs> so I have a team that does that, but it's actually one of the fastest ways we've grown the audience for the podcast. Oh, that's so cool. Because it's evergreen. It's it's one of the few platforms yeah. that your content stays there forever, similar to a YouTube. Right. It's um, like a search engine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. really ultimately what it is because people go in there and they're like, how do I make filet mignon? And they'll put mm-hmm. in things like, how do I do my money and budget and finances? So my team will take this episode and break it down into... 10 or so different pins Mm -hmm. and put it out there. So people will find it through different means. That's awesome. Yeah. It's cool. It's a cool, cool, evergreen, you know, evergreen way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You've inspired me. I'll, I'll get on it. (laughs) Boom. Mission accomplished for the day. (laughs) So, so to change the world takes a a huge momentous step. And, and, and I really think you're going to have a hell of a shot because outside of like a Susie Orsman, there's no badass woman. I mean, Jen's there, but Jen doesn't mm-hmm. really do it on mass. She wrote yeah. the books, but she's not doing anything really beyond that that I've seen. Jen's a Cheryl. Mm-hmm. So, so you're a young gal, which means you can reach a younger crowd than, mm-hmm. than most of the other gurus in a marketplace. You know, uh, what's the big game plan? I mean, are you going to go as big as a Susie did, or are you going to go, you know, be the next Tony Robbins of finance? I don't know. Cause I've thought before about whether fortune or fame or something else is the ultimate goal. Mm. Somebody once told me you can't have like all of them. Um, (laughs) I don't don't know. Maybe I need to disprove that. So I don't know if like having that much fame is ultimately what I want or not. But, you know, my initial goal when I wrote Money Honey, because I had a lot of fear. It's it's a very vulnerable thing, putting yourself out there and putting your work out there for the public to judge. The only reason I was able to go through with it is because I told myself, if I can just help one person, that's all I want. So it's never necessarily been about like, I need to change millions of people's lives. I love the impact that I'm making. And I think what's so cool about finance is that everyone has dreams. And most people's dreams or, you know, things on their bucket list have a financial component. You normally have to have money to do certain things. So in a way, I just feel like what I'm doing can really help people achieve their dreams. No, I love that. And that's real. I mean, it's not often you find somebody who has found some sort of level of success that has that humility to them. So, so good on you. Cause this seems legit. So thank you. <laughs> so, um, no, that's, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I keep coming back to how do we help somebody who's completely lost in their finances find themselves? Yeah. Um, 
unless you were born with a silver spoon shoved square up your ass, most people have sucked with money their entire life. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's been one hell of a, a journey to, to figure out. What words would you say to encourage them to get their shit together? I know that it's easy to think, you know, I'm making 25 grand or I'm making 32 grand. How am I ever going to become financially free? Um, but I just think that if you, you're not going to go from that to, you know, being a millionaire overnight. So if you can just focus on making small, consistent changes, that's all you need to do. As long as you're making consistent daily progress, you will make enormous progress over 12 months period of time or longer. So like, don't, don't just count yourself out just because of income. I truly think that anyone at any age and on any income can achieve financial independence. Love that. Love that. It's really, really cool. Well, let's do this. How do people find you? You know, if they want to hang out with you, read your books, get all your stuff, how do they find you? So you can find me on social media, Money Honey Rachel. Both of my books, Money Honey and Passive Income Aggressive Retirement, are available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audiobook. And last but not least, oh, I'd tell, love to tell, get... Wait, hold on. Tell me you read your own audiobook. I didn't. Oh, you're <laughs> killing me, Smalls. I know. Well, it came down to a time constraint for me, but I will say the narrator that I hired, she did a fantastic job. Awesome. So she did awesome. better than I could have done. Um, <laughs> I, did, I recorded my own audiobook. I guarantee awesome. anybody would have been better than, than I <laughs> It came out great, but the outtakes were literally by the time it was done longer than the book itself because yeah, it's very I hard bet. to read out loud. It's a lot of work. Yes. Um, and then what I'll do, Donnie, is I'll give your listeners, if anyone wants to download my passive income starter kit for free, you can go to moneyhoneyrachel.com slash bonus. Awesome. Awesome. That's huge. Well, what question did I not ask you that you were like, God, I wish you would ask me this? That's a good question. Maybe like a common piece of advice that's given to entrepreneurs that I disagree with. Ooh, I like that one. Go. Yeah. Which, cause I think a lot of people are, are told to say yes to every opportunity that comes their way. Mm. Right. That's a common piece of advice. I agree with that to an extent when you're first starting out and you're hustling, yeah, you need to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way, get yourself out there for sure. But if you keep following that advice, you'll get to a point where you're really going to be burnt out and you can't, you just don't have the time. And that was a big mistake I made, which, you know, led to a lot of the anxiety I was talking about earlier, because if you're saying yes to every, every request, then your calendar is going to fill up with everyone else's priorities, except for your own. So really learning to be protective of your time and saying yes or no with intention and learning that no is actually a a more powerful word in your business and saying no will open up the doors for greater opportunities in the future. Well, this is going to sound completely inappropriate, but the best way I've heard ever heard that put is women get more respect for saying no more often than they say yes. Mm. And it's it's, it's inappropriate to say, but it makes a lot of damn sense. Yeah, no, I believe it. Because you know. we do, we tend to feel like guilt, like, oh, we have to do everything everyone asks of us. Yep. But no, yep. no one's entitled to your time or your advice for free. Absolutely. So here's how I wrap up every show. If you could leave the champions around the world with a quote, a phrase, a saying, a mantra, something they can take with them when they're on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it. What's that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. The quote is by Zig Ziglar. And he said... You don't have to, I'm going to get it mixed up. 
You don't have to be great to start, but you have to start, start to be great. great. Beautiful. Love Zig. Grew up on that guy. So yeah. awesome. Rachel, this has been an absolute blast. I'm, I'm excited to see such a young buck freaking kicking ass and taking names. Well, damn done, girl. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> Thanks so much, Donnie. Well, that's it for that show, guys. Wow. What a cool conversation with such an amazing young lady that is that is really changing the game for how people look at their finances. I'm so impressed with, you know, her thoughts, her passion and compassion. I love that she took life by the horns and continues to kick ass with it. Guys, if you haven't come hung out in the Success Champions Facebook group, head on over to Facebook, type in the word Success Champions, and get your ass in there. 1,200 small business owners from around the world that are kicking ass and taking names and rising together. And then if you haven't checked out SuccessChampionsNetworking.com, we are changing the game of networking. We all know that BNI is for rookies, so it's time to up your game and come hang out with the people that are really kicking ass and opening doors for others. Don't sit around and wait for business to come to you. Partner up with some real badasses that are there to help you really grow your business. No more sitting in boring ass meetings with stupid jingles, and crap nobody cares about, come learn, come mastermind, come hang out with the real champions that will not only champion you, but they'll champion your business as well. Successchampionnetworking.com is where you need to be. Appreciate you guys. And as always, if somebody you know somebody who needs to listen to this show, send this to them. It means everything to me. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Love you. Bye. Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.